0: Yeah, um,
1: yeah, Anton, go ahead. No, 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 I, I just exhaled <laughs> from my nose, basically, so, yeah. <laughs> I didn't sigh, I'm I to just, keep I just exhaled, <laughs> God damn it. No, Phil, go ahead, <laughs> I didn't do anything.
2: Hey kids, welcome to Monster of the Week. It's me, Seb, today we'll be talking about pre-modern and uh, that's just about it. This is constructing old school magic. Need a chill from 93 yeah, this is how we chill from 93 to. This is how we chill
1: from 93 to. This is how we chill from 93 to. Oh. This is how we chill from 93 to. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is how
3: we chill from 93 to. This is how we chill from 93 to. This is how we chill from 93 to.
2: What are we talking about today, Anton?
1: Well, it's a new year, said, So, uh, we need to we need to set the bar high. We have mm-hmm. brought on a guest that's probably one of the most influential and ambitious person in the format. He knows what's up with premodern and entering premodern 2023. What's going to happen? So, let's welcome Phil Nguyen.
0: Thanks. Hi Phil. Thanks for having me, guys. You know, I know that you had invited me for several years now, but my schedule has been very packed, and my booking fees are very expensive. So um, yeah. I'm glad that you're able yeah. to set up a GoFundMe and uh, bring me on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're honored. We're we're
0: a little we're good. we need
2: to talk about that later. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we, as you mentioned, I think we we've, you've been in the in the rooster for upcoming. Uh, premodern episodes a while now, right, Anton?
1: Yeah, Phil has he's been there for a while, but with his latest gift to the community, the intro guide to Premodern and his newsletter banding, it was like, now we we can't delay it anymore. It's time to put Phil on for reals. Mm-hmm. And it felt good to do that with the upcoming year. So, yeah. I don't um, know what we're supposed to talk about. Actually, we we, <laughs> yes. we again we're gonna let our guests like totally decide this. We're we're just rambling on.
0: Yeah. No. I mean. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Like like you said, um, <laughs> it's been a it's been a busy year in the pre-modern community. Um, I've been keeping myself busy with kind of this intro to pre-modern, like you mentioned. Um, we can dive uh, into that just briefly, but essentially it's just kind of like a Google Doc that I put together that has everything that you would hopefully need for a newcomer or someone who's just interested in learning more about the format. Um, and it covers just Mm -hmm. like the general rules, um, obviously like banned cards and allowed sets, but also has like a list of the tiered decks and how to play both webcam and in person. And so it's, it's been a pretty cool project to work on. Um, you know, a lot of people have found it very useful, um, when entering the format. So it's, it's been, it's been a good year.
2: And how do, you, how, how do you get in contact with this content?
0: Yeah, spending, spending too much time on the internet, I think. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of sourced from a lot of different places. I mean, like, obviously, a few of the decks, actually, I linked to the old episodes of yours as well, um, just because, like, whenever there's a great deck deck, I include that in when people are kind of, like, new to the format, and they're like, oh, how do I play Angry Hermit? right like that's like one of the best episodes of just um, you know Flynn just talking about um, his epic lobster con run and I think that's like one of the beauties of pre-modern is that the the closed card pool makes it so that like you can invest the time into content like this and it'll be more or less evergreen like I'm not afraid yeah, that like yeah. the next set will render this like 30 page guide worthless right and so mm. I think that's been like kind of a, a good thing on
2: the format part yeah I totally agree like getting into magic again a while back now uh I don't even remember what articles or <laughs> what what decks I played like getting into it but whatever you do now uh it, you it's probably a bit evergreen but it's still evolving a bit what do you think anton it's like i i'm the I'm feeling usually i'm feeling like a few years behind
1: you guys, <laughs> because yeah, I, I. I think I, we're pretty in tune, at least with premodern. But I mm-hmm. mean, you you invest a lot of time in old school sub, and Phil, I guess
0: you play Legacy a lot
1: as well, right? Yeah,
0: I, I play Legacy yeah. and premodern are kind of my two main formats. Um, premodern has yeah. been um, probably the priority uh, for me recently, though. Yeah,
1: yeah but it's cool. insane. Like, I, I you're base. I'm not sure how to like express this but i think you're underselling the amount of time you put into this like you you are very like current with what's going on in the format in your uh, newsletter and in your guide so there's like as you said you update as soon as there's another content basically it's it's added to your guide uh, as soon as there's a new tournament coming in you you add it so like Damn, you have to consume a lot of, uh, like, Discord, Facebook, Twitter, and whatnot, I guess. Yeah, I guess,
0: guess, well, I do work in the social media industry, and so um, part of my job was just spending a lot of time on on social media, but in general, like, I just, I I find that, like, magic content and content creators are super interesting to me, like, it's, you know, you kind of do it as a labor of love, and I think for me, I just wanted to find ways to promote this content like so for premodern for example like most of the content is either on youtube sometimes on Twitch. Um, we have the podcast um there's actually not like a ton of articles about premodern like mike flores has been doing some great articles on, mm. on cool stuff inc and then a lot of the good there's t- some
2: old articles but yeah. that was like my general feel is like um my, myself i'm playing like uh, i'm playing a lot of arena actually i've hundreds of hours of two, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, not not that good many formats that I really enjoy, but I just do it. It's like, I don't know. But uh, the content overall for Magic feels like it's more oriented into video nowadays. It's my feel. Like when I got into it again, like early 2000s or whatever, I think everything was more oriented around Uh, maybe blogs even or (laughs) like more articles as you mentioned but I don't really see that many articles I don't know if it's everyone are in their old social media bubbles as you mentioned but
1: it's like you you kind of need to have like a central hub for articles Uh, Mm -hmm. and like Mike Flores has it of course and we used to have the uh, Premodern homepage Uh, I mean it's still active but it's not very active so like I mean how many People actually have their own blog these days. Yeah, yeah. not, a, so not so enough. it's hard to, yeah, not enough, right? Uh, so it's like, I don't know. In in modern way, it's like Jeff White and Mike Flores, basically.
0: Yeah. yeah, I know that so. we, we had we had a, sorry, Phil, you go. No, I was about to say that, like, you know, some people have expressed interest in, in starting the round, but you know, to, to my point earlier, I was just I was saying that like the. The goal is, is that for me, like, I just feel like there's so much cool information out there, both on the Facebook group or the Discord or wherever, or even on Twitter. But it's all like, like you said, Anton, like not centralized. And so people miss this information all the time. And I just feel like content creators spend so much of their own time on this, on this kind of thing. But I just want to make sure that people are like seeing it and appreciating it. Um, and so that was like kind of one of the reasons why I put together this guide and then also the, the newsletter.
1: Yeah, we we appreciate it a lot, man. Uh, should not, should not we to, should we
2: Anton? Sorry to, <laughs> yeah. but, but should we mention like briefly
1: all the like main uh, content creators that people could get into? Or should yeah, we Phil. Just... Phil, no, Phil should do that. I mean, this yeah. should be a celebration to to the love fest of the community with all mm-hmm. the contributors and uh, content creators and whatever. And then,
2: so, for the listeners, uh, what we are mainly been talking about is the banding newsletter that Phil's got going, right? Yeah. Uh, and how do you subscribe to that, if you would?
0: Yeah. Um, if we're starting that. Yeah, so I, I started pretty recently. Um, I think there's like four or five issues out right now, but it goes out sort of twice a month. It's kind of like whenever I have time to, to publish. But right now it's at mcgbanding.substack.com. Like a free email newsletter, and I try to recap all the things that are happening in the pre-modern world. Um, I'm still trying to figure out like the best uh, best angle to do so. But right now, I'm trying to do like one or two interviews or articles with community members, um, upcoming events, and then highlighting content and results around the web. Um, because actually, like one of the one of the things that at least really I felt is that so the Facebook webcam monthlies are like probably one of the biggest reoccurring events for pre-modern. Right. Yeah. And I kind of feel like whoever wins those doesn't get enough recognition. Like I feel like, no, no, the, like <laughs> they like happen yeah. and then the, the finals happen sometimes two months later. And yeah. like, you know, sometimes there'll be announcements announcement, maybe like the day of. And so like some people will watch, but I just feel like it's such an amazing accomplishment that like I wanted to find a place that I could maybe like interview or highlight the deck, um, just because mm-hmm. like, I I think it's just really cool, and um, I'm just trying to find ways to to highlight more information in the in the players in the community.
2: Well, like I, I think you're out in a way right. Like Sorry, f- say that again? find what well, find find like the I don't know the cherries in the cake or whatever. Because there, there is a lot of content, as you mentioned, but no. some of it are really impressive, like some of the runs or whatever. We've been covering a bit of it,
1: Anton, right?
2: Mm-hmm. But uh, there's much more out there that people might miss if there's...
1: Yeah, yeah. for sure. And I mean, like if you, if you win a monthly with like an established deck that everyone knows about, they're probably not going to go on a podcast to talk about their innovation of it because it's not innovating. But like they still deserve the recognition. So I love that feeling that you can do that uh, but i was gonna say like your <clears throat> i think your whole idea like your your whole recipe of how to do this like keep it as a newsletter is fucking genius these days like it's the only <laughs> newsletter i'm subscribing
0: to yeah. and uh yeah no,
1: I, bringing it back yeah bring
0: it back right i i love it i am um, so for a while i actually wrote this like daily newsletter for like five years It was kind of like just a passion project of mine and it was um, I think it was like back in 2012, and I did it until 2017, where I just kind of wake up really early in the morning and spend a couple hours just summarizing the news for people. And it got up to like, you know, just about 10,000 subscribers before I decided to to call it quits. But um, you know, it's just a passion of mine. I think newsletters are, are a cool format. So um, I kind of like what you're saying. is like a lot of a lot of magic content these days is in video, and um, you know, I, I think video is, is definitely great, uh, at least my preferred form of consumption is just, like, words, something you can, like, skim through really quickly when you're commuting uh-huh. or something, and so I thought that it would be kind of a good um, good medium to deliver this information for the format.
2: Yeah, yeah. For sure. So the rest of the podcast we will be doing, uh, I'm just going to write it out so people can <laughs> read <Yeah>. it instead.
1: <laughs> right. I'm going to exactly. transcribe it. <laughs> but we should while on it Phil, okay, so for anyone not reading content and they're just listening, that's their only content consumption what are the podcasts about pre-modern they should listen to?
0: Yeah, I mean there's there's, I think like three really good ones obviously like Monster of the Week is is huge Um, like pre-modcast always has great episodes you know, I think that they also did um, a 2022 recap um recently just like the different monthly just super fascinating and obviously um you know Brian's uh, all things considered is also a great one. Um I was on that one a little while ago and as as fun as during like the PSS two and so we're just talking about brews and, and so forth. Um, but I think those three are, are kind of like a great great introduction to the format covering different topics from different angles.
1: Yep. Yeah. Cool. And uh, which YouTube content creators should you definitely follow if you want to like.
0: okay so this one there's there's a lot. and um, you know, if you check out my intro to pre-modern guide, I kind of list a lot of a lot of them at the bottom. Um, and what's amazing is that I always come across like different videos from all around the world too like sometimes in different languages and different countries. yeah and,
2: me too and it's,
0: it's actually really cool to see, and the great thing yeah. is is you can like kind of follow along like you don't really need to hear the commentary all yeah. the time
2: weirdly I'm in that space sometimes also it's <laughs> like how far in the rabbit hole have I fallen yeah <laughs> exactly when I get some like Taiwan like modo play by play on some weird like the rock matchup or something
0: yeah I, I came across this like one for like um this false cure nixit deck that I, that I play a lot I came like across someone playing it in like I don't know if it was like a Spanish league or South American league, but I was like watching it anyway and didn't understand a single thing. But it's it's uh, so <laughs> cool to see. But, you know, when people ask like what video creator should I be watching um, just to get a feel of the format, like I obviously like, you know, Michael Hoyt's like Pogo Ranger. Like yeah. there's like very good um, you know, video quality and production. Sometimes there's commentary mm-hmm. for um, the PSS series. Um, that one's always a good one. Um, the pre-modern MCGO uh, channel um, by Paulo Marcos is also really good just because like a lot of people are just not familiar with the cards like when it's via webcam yeah. and so it's, it can be he walks
2: through also like yeah. the decks and stuff like that it's more it's deck techy yeah. yeah and it's, it's just not like
0: yeah. And, he, yeah and he also plays like a lot of different decks too so you can really mm-hmm. like just find something you like and he'll take it through a league which yeah. is very fun. Um, mm-hmm. he, he didn't
2: give a shout out to us though I, I saw one episode where he <laughs> played a, i don't remember if probably the some some weird comedy deck with it, it was like <laughs> i just listened to an episode of a, a nice. podcast <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but no. but yeah uh it's and, and I, I would like to mention also like uh, uh Hojp's channel cloud ranger it's uh, somewhat on Twitch also, also right, uh, but we're basically talking about YouTube.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're we're gonna cover Twitch. <clears throat> yeah, but so. okay, the,
2: we're, we're talking about video content. We're talking creators. about video. No. Yeah, no, but we'll, but we'll, we'll get there. some of we'll them there. are on Twitch yeah. and some of them are on YouTube, <clears throat> but both of these are on YouTube. Well,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. And just you know. Two last ones to, to wrap up and, and I apologize. I, I, I should have asked ahead of time about how to pronounce his last name. But um, Francisco Polashek. Um, he's uh you know, a big streamer on, on Twitch and um, has played a lot of other formats as well, including Modern, but has recently fallen in love with pre modern and you know, I really love his video content because again it's like very engaging. Um, and it, he explains like kind of the decks that he's working on, and so that's been been really good to introduce new players to. And then finally, yeah, I
1: love how yeah. I love how enthusiastic he is. I I really like that format of uh, like dual league and uh, talk us through the deck, like briefly yeah. five ten minutes about the deck. I, I think
0: that's excellent. Yeah, and
1: because MTGO sucks, but but like for content, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty good actually.
0: Yeah, and I I agree. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he definitely has like a, a wider audience than like perhaps some of the other um, pre-modern players do. And so like for example, in one of the recent New York City meetups, um, one of the players um, borrowed a Dreadnought deck from me that was inspired by a, a video that he saw because it was like the blue white stipple knot deck. And so it's, it's just yeah. cool to see like how these um, pieces of content like end up translating to, to new players in, in the real world. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and just one final shout out. Um, is you know PJ Priestley, um, I play Magic on YouTube. Um, you know, it's it's just interesting. He does kind of like deck text on the existing decks, and you know, I think some established players may already know what the decks do, but it's still useful just to get you know right. an overview. And
1: like, yeah, and they're only like six to eight yeah. minutes long. Like uh, yeah, I think, or, think
2: yeah, and you uh, know, they're, they're really really well produced. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, it's like short and like focused mm. in a way that you i really loved how you mentioned it being evergreen yeah <laughs> i think that works for his content also yeah uh, going through the decks and you can actually get a feel about what what's this deck and you probably don't
1: need to redo a lot of it.
2: You can fiddle a bit with the cyborg or whatever.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, but he he just did a, the replenish deck, and oh, it's yeah. like it's so good when he, he really like went through the motions of how how do you stack the parallax opalescence combo basically uh, with like a, a digital die on the card, and you remove counters, and this happens, and then you hold priority, and like super pedagog pedagog. Pedag- Log-
0: Log- yeah. that was a very ambitious word to use and I don't think I would have uh, would have been brave enough to use it on air <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, but, uh, yeah good content for sure
0: yeah and you yeah, I just want to yeah. just wrap up and say like like I said there's there's tons of great uh, pre-modern video content creators out there and like you know I I, I don't mean to, to skip over I any mean, there's plenty in the my intro to pre pre-modern guide that um, everyone should check out
3: Hmm.
0: yeah
2: i'm i'm interested in how the format has exploded and uh, you fall upon these things (laughs) on youtube and you don't really know the people behind it but there's really solid like content out there uh so we've been talking about about like where to find in uh, like content or whatever, uh, and we mentioned your banding newsletter. Uh, and uh, from what I gather, Anton, we're delving a bit into more uh, like 2023 of pre modern,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, just to back up, uh, we mentioned uh, Twitter as well, like, yeah, read, new, read the intro guide and you'll get all the content. So mm-hmm. let's segue to yeah, Premodern 2023, your latest um, newsletter edition, Phil. You uh, you kind of did a... Well, tell us about it because it's a good, good segue yeah. into uh, 2023.
0: Yeah, so the latest issue of the newsletter was basically a round table. Um, this was inspired by a similar roundtable discussion that happens, on MCG Goldfish by Joe Dyer. He kind of interviews community members, players, um, content creators in the different formats, and just ask some, you know, basic questions about their thoughts on the format and in the future. So, you know, I put together a list of 11 people, and I, I apologize if I, I did not uh, send you an invite this time. The community is uh, really big, and so um, you know, it's, it's hard to narrow it down. But Anton was one of the members I asked, and so, yeah, it was just a variety of different questions covering their thoughts on the format, and, um, you know, their thoughts about it going forward.
2: Yeah, Uh, and um, I think it's, uh, it's interesting uh, that we have some of, like, so we're talking about, like, what are the main, the, the tier one decks uh, going forward, I guess, uh, and how is the meta doing and whatever, uh, and where should we start in this discussion? What do you think, Anton?
1: I think Phil has some good uh, notes here, like uh, the inflection points here. What, what's up? Um, yeah. yeah.
0: You, you want to take it from
1: there, yeah. and uh, let's go down.
0: So, yeah. you know, this broader question of like what's happening with pre modern 2023. Um, you know, I've been playing pre-modern since the end of 2018. And so definitely was not there for the beginning that was part of kind of this like second wave of growth. Like, so in my mind, we're at this inflection point of this third wave of pre-modern growth. And that the second wave was kind of kickstarted because of COVID. A lot of people started mm-hmm. um, playing during the online monthlies. And I think it, you know, definitely grew the population, the community quite a bit. Um, this third wave is kind of, as pre-modern, is sort of breaking into the larger magic community. Um, you know, it used to be kind of more of an underground, um, community-focused uh, format, but it's definitely becoming more popular. Like, you'll see major content creators, pros, um, people talking about it. Um, and so in my mind, um, this is kind of like the next stage of where it's going.
2: Is it because of, like, regular, quote unquote, magic is uh, going about now? like real life magic is about, or if if I read into it correctly, we have the first wave uh, would be like just a format, uh, evo- like establishing. And the second wave is because of COVID, people wanted to play tournaments, magic, but they're stuck at home and the webcam thing mm-hmm. got going and somehow pre-modern exploded. And now we're in a place where it's still growing pretty much, I'd say, but we have the communities, like representing it in a way, not just the leagues, is that, would would you say that's correct or?
0: Yeah, so I think that's, that's largely correct. I mean, the the third wave in my mind is just like, it's just becoming more well known, it's like a known quantity. And like, so you'll, you'll see people talking about it. There'll be more events being set up around the world. Like people have actual, like, like for example, like eternal weekend. Um, I guess this last year actually had like pre modern side events. Like I don't know how how well they were attended, but you know, I think at least one fired. But the fact that it's like being part of like larger events is, is a pretty big deal to me. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, this is this is also minor, but you actually see like pre modern pop up on like MTG finance discussions as like people being like mm-hmm. we should start investing in old frame foils or this like reserveless yeah, card. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you know, it's it's a weird feeling, but it just goes to show that people are like taking notice of the format.
3: Yeah.
1: And like, what happened when Show and Tell got <laughs> unbanned? Like we, it really affected the financial market for one day. <laughs> yeah, I think
0: it was like in one of I don't know if it was like TCG play or something, but it was like in the top ten cards that were like being being moved around. So it was, that that yeah. part was kind of funny.
1: Yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. But yeah, this has led us to also like, I guess more competitive players are coming into the format. Uh, yeah. I mean, the format has been described pretty much as a like very nice balance between competitive versus brewing or fun or casual or call it whatever. But like, yeah, there there's definitely more competition. Uh, coming with the, the increasing growth of the format. Um, mm-hmm. Any anyway, worries about that, Phil?
0: Yeah, yeah, thoughts. it's definitely a complicated situation. So, so I, I think <coughs> about this actually quite a bit because like, for example, um, I make a lot of tools and resources that we talked about that kind of help get people into the format. Like I'm, I'm pretty active on magic Twitter of just like interacting with people and just being like, these are the benefits and the cool things you can do in pre-modern. And I think about it a lot because, you know, for some people in the pre-modern community, and this is not a bad thing by any means, that they're just happy just to play the format. Like, they have no desire to, like, grow it or see more people enter it. They're just happy to play with their friends or, or whoever. And I think that's, that's good. And I worry that sometimes, like, when I'm trying to grow the community, it, it does change things, right? Like, um, you know, prices of cards could increase, but like you said, the vibe could change change, but I don't think it's mm-hmm. for the bad for the worst necessarily. Like this is a yep. complicated discussion in general. Yeah, it is. But yeah. I think having more players and being more welcoming to different players that come in is, is generally a good thing. I think that mm. um, you know I think that new players who have come have added a lot of value to the community. So like for oh, example, for sure. like, you know, you guys have all talked about this, the like mono blue stifle knot um, parfait um, these are all decks that are fairly new or I mean they've been yeah. they've been established in pre-modern for a while but they're, they're definitely different than they used to be and I think they
2: evolved yeah. into something yeah. like substantial at exactly least, like and being tier one <laughs> yeah and competitive
0: yeah and I, and I think that's like the result of new players coming in and and bringing in new ideas and so I think it's it's generally a good thing. Um, you know, I think we do have to be careful that we have to set a good example for the community and kind of show that this is a positive place and a welcoming place. And I think that's gonna be the key as we kind of grow the format to make sure that you know it's still a good place for everyone.
2: And that might get us into like the next topic that's about brewing, right?
1: Yeah. We're gonna do a, we're gonna do a new thing <laughs> since I'm here with two like Brewmeisters, Phil and Seb. I've come up with a segment, hmm.
2: and and here's my intro for the segment. <laughs> Cut to the intro. I
3: was
1: Cool, yeah. Okay, we're gonna play brew that or screw that. And it's pretty self-explanatory. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna read your card, and you guys need to decide if you wanna brew that or if you think we should screw that. Mm. All right, any questions?
2: Uh, I'm rushing to the refrigerator to find a beer, but no. Okay, we'll, then, then
1: we'll wait. We'll, we'll wait. Seb will have to cut this part, I guess
0: yeah I just I do want to let you know that the threshold of what I consider playable in pre-modern is very low like I will play almost anything. yeah so <laughs> we will we will have to see what uh, what cards you can find I have um yeah 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 i I brew my decks in like google sheets it's, it's very unscientific but um, <laughs> like right now my brew tab goes out to like column and these is actually my initials, so that's fun. Um, so there's just like all these random, random decks in here. So I'm going to be curious if you name any cards that are not in my spreadsheet. Okay,
1: yeah, yeah you're going to definitely answer Boudette. <laughs> but uh, just to keep this segment a bit brief, you'll get mm-hmm. five cards. That's it. Okay. Okay, first card, <clears throat> Mind Over Matter. It's four blue, two colorless. An enchantment, blue enchantment that says: "Choose and discard a card. Tap or untap target artifact, creature, or land." Brew that or screw that,
0: Phil. Okay, definitely brew that. Should I, <laughs> should I, should I, should I explain why, or are we only doing? Okay, yeah, well, I, I
1: explain why. Yeah, please do.
2: I guess you you try, try. Have you built something around it, or have you thought about it before, or? Okay,
0: so one of my first decks as a kid was the horseshoe crab hermetic study combo. And so, mm. for, for Mind Over Matter, I've always wanted to rebuild that, though with Quicksilver yeah. Dagger, because you can just like keep drawing and discarding to untapped and constantly deal one damage. And now that Show and Tell is unbanned, it makes Mind Over mm-hmm. Matter a little bit more interesting. So, that's my thought.
1: Mhm. Awesome, awesome, love it. Seb, what's your thoughts? Uh,
2: well, I don't want to be a naysayer, so I'll, I'll go for Brew that, uh, I'll play show-and-tell and dream halls in that
0: deck, I guess.
1: Yeah, but uh, why play dream halls if you have Mind Over Matter?
0: Or I guess well, the reverse, because... really. Like, why play Mind Over Matter if you have dream
1: halls? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But, but the, <laughs> the, the, the question still stands. Well, is it, is it a, a no bo ma- you, you mean? Or? Uh, I, I don't think you need Mind Over Matter if you're playing show-and-tell dream halls. But. yeah, Okay, that's another question. Okay. We, we have uh, to brew, brew, brew that with Mind Over Matter. -hmm. Like it so far. Okay, next card, guys. Megrim. So that's a black enchantment, two colors, one black. Whenever any opponent discards a card, Megrim deals two damage to him or her. Brew that or screw that.
0: Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start by saying screw that. Um, And and honestly, it's because I think that there's not a lot of brewing potential with it. I think anything that can be done with it has been tried. And, and I'm, I'm happy to be wrong, like, people feel free to send me, like, crazy lists, but...
1: Yeah, I have never seen... I've seen Gabe Fargas, exactly. Farga's dabble into it, but, like, I have never played versus Megram in it,
0: That's the thing, is, like, I think that is, like, potentially its top potential to be playable. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's why I'm going to say screw that.
1: Oh, we got a screw that from Phil. Love it. Seb? Yeah, I think so. So
2: we have, like, the bottomless pit decks, right? Uh yeah. and I think those are getting close to I don't know I, I don't wanna say perfected, but uh if they're not playing Megrim uh, there's there's probably something better
1: for them to do. Okay, okay, yeah. I can buy that. I can buy that. But I love that we have some both Brew and that <laughs> from two mm-hmm. cards so far. Okay, next card. <clears throat> or Scroodette. Upheaval. It's a blue <laughs> sorcery, four colorless, two blue. Return all permanents to their owner's hand. Wow! Well, yeah, I'll go first this time.
2: Yeah. I think this is clearly underplayed. Yeah. There should be a place for this, but this is in my Jokkelhaup's space of mind. <laughs> 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 uh, I've, I've been like grabbing, grabbing it in uh, a lot of cubes. I know the potential of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we doing an opposition deck? I don't know. <laughs> We're doing something with it uh I, i'm thinking a lot of small pesky green and creatures and something blue and Ooh. throwing or maybe going brown i guess
1: i don't know love it love it phil
0: okay well i i, screw that or screw that? I definitely have to brew that um one of my favorite decks from pss 2 was that nick fit thunder uh deck with both the scholars and i still think that yeah. i would love to get a single win with that but basically I just want to upheaval people and then,
3: like,
0: yeah. Yeah. you know, just start going to town. But um, it's definitely yeah. definitely a great card. Upheaval
2: into Megrim. It, <laughs> it's
1: so funny to do this with both of you guys, because, like, you see the matrix so far ahead. Like, I mean, upheaval is inherently a strong card. It is. But, like, you've taken it so further on. Like, yeah, we need, <laughs> we need to add Sunder and, uh, the yeah. and the, yeah. It's next level brewing, but I love it. Cool. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just a dumb guy here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Alright, next card, an old favorite. Ursa's Rage. So it's a red instant, two colorless, one red. Ursa's Rage can't be countered by spells or abilities. It is three damage to any target. And it has Kicker for nine. So eight colorless and one red. It is ten damage to that target instead. And the damage can't be prevented. Brew that or screw that.
0: Well, Anton, you and I both know that Urza's Rage is a is a very fond card of mine. So
1: yeah,
0: I would uh, I would definitely agree with that. Um, you know that that mono red control deck that we we played that one monthly, that was that was the win condition, and it was. Is it big big red or what was that? Uh, it's 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 like imagine like mono blue control, which has like four discs, four powder kegs, eight man lands that make everything red spells. And so I just played a whole bunch of whole bunch of burn and then the the wind condition was essentially like thawing glaciers into Urza's Rage. And uh
1: I I died by Urza's Rage last year felt Yeah. Last.
0: Okay. Awesome. And the, okay. the can't be countered is, is amazing. Like I or can't be countered or prevented. Um, you know, I, yes. I, I actually won like I think against like a rune of protection or circle protection red because, you know, you just build up your mana and then you hit them twice. So very satisfying
1: card yeah i did play a lot of it in back in standard uh it was an amazing card there Sab, brew that or screw that versus rage
2: sadly i'll go for screw that i actually tried it out uh i built some red but maybe it's probably my I, i'm not good enough to build decks uh, i built uh, uh it's I think it ended up at a point where it was actually playable. At, at least uh, mm-hmm. Joel Orson said so, yep. but that was years ago, so <laughs> it's not playable today probably, but it was like a discard black-red deck, uh, and I tried to play versus Rage in it. I played nice. like, I don't know if I played Hypnotics, and what's the haste, uh red...
1: Bla- bl- Blazing Spectre?
2: Yeah, I think I like played some nice some of those shenanigans. Uh. Probably not void, but maybe void. the invasion staples. Yeah, I love, I love it. I don't know,
1: a lot of crappy cards. But, but getting that compliment from Joel Larson, that's pretty decent. I
2: think say. basically it was because I had enough burn. Otherwise, that it made like <laughs> it made it work. No. I guess. But yeah, yeah, we need we need to find a space in my mind that's not uh, the bottomless pit. <laughs> place in promoter we need to find a we need to find a hypnotic specter like that more aggressive route the the old school route of yep. discard like ramping into discard place but that's not the place for us as rage so
1: well i think phil My might bad. have found found uh, a right place for it all right let's move on the last card of broodette or screw that for this episode cable coffers it's a land it says, pay two colorless mana and tap it. Add one black mana for each swamp you control. Yeah. Brew that or screw that. The,
2: the, it's a EDH staple, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I've played with it. Uh, what we need is... <laughs> what, what kind of... Yeah. But you, you mentioned, Phil, you, you built a big red deck. We need a big black deck then. I don't
1: know what that would be. Not a big black dick, but a black Exactly. Just to be clear. uh,
0: Uh, Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, like, it's definitely a good, I mean, like, so, pre-modern MTGO, like, Pablo Marcus, like, played a big black control deck recently, and it it actually looks pretty fun. Like, it actually had, like, Hypnox and Avatar of Woe and it, like, a lot of crowd favorites, like, hard casting (laughs) it with. Cabal Coffers. But what
2: are the controlling aspects of it? What's the removal? Um, I have
0: like it, they're not playing discs, I guess. Well, yeah, what are yeah, they doing about I all that? combo? had was like Innocent okay. Blood and like Smother, um, Corrupt, uh, stuff like that. If, if I were going to use uh, Cabal Coffers, uh, one of my pet projects has been to try to figure out a Pestilence deck. And so I think I would put it in there. Like you would kind of like ramp out maybe like an Urza's Armor. And then just mm. go to town with pestilence. <laughs> nice. Okay. So is that a brew brew that, Phil? I think so. And I and I have a bonus brew that or screw that question for for you two. Um, ah, yeah. Wait, wait, Seb. Seb,
1: wait, wait, wait. You you didn't answer. Is uh, it the brew that or screw that?
2: I I'm 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 thinking I'm, I'm saying nay on this okay. because of uh, I don't really see how you're dealing well you have duresses i guess okay i'll go with brew that i'm thinking about all the like combo
1: decks but nope, if okay. you
2: if you have enough ons like discard ons if you if you can go that route maybe yes
1: but this is the whole exercise like we, we yeah. can end it there like yeah it, you you start spinning ideas in your head good let's yeah. end it there phil you had yeah. a bonus question yes
0: yeah, so this is this is the last deck that i was working on in my massive spreadsheet. And the card is Maddening Imp. Do either of you know what that card is?
3: Uh, well, no. I will read it still...
0: out for the listeners. Maddening Imp. It is three CMC, so two colorless and one black. It's an imp from Tempest, and it has flying. It has an ability of tap. Non-wall creatures the active player controls attack this turn if able. At the beginning of the next end step, Destroy each of those creatures that didn't attack this turn. Activate only during an opponent's turn, and only before combat.
1: So with Ensnaring Bridge, you can kill everything, right? I was thinking about
2: that. Um... Did you say two colorless or three? But it's two colorless. Yeah, right? two colorless and one black, yeah. so three, so three
1: and yeah. CMC, yeah. So uh... yeah, okay, definitely screw that, but <laughs> I, hear, I, I hear
0: I hear you have a plan, so
1: please. Continue.
0: <laughs> no, okay. So, my plan was to do this in a Nixit shell, of course, and I wanted of to course. see if you could do something with, like, nature's Revolt and just turn all of your opponent's lands into creatures <laughs> and then, like, essentially force them to attack. And so, it'd be, like, kind of an interesting way to <laughs> potentially, like, either do, like, a mass land destruction or, like, continually tap them out. Um, yeah. Uh,
1: okay. So you you can play Parallax Tide and Stifle or like <laughs> Armageddon, but or you can do this.
0: <laughs> I mean, just okay, you, yeah. you have to look at the picture of the imp. You just look so <laughs> fun and happy. Like, how could you not brew with this card? Um, uh, so anyway.
2: Yeah, it, it's a nice looking card, I'd say, looking at it. But uh I actually like. I, I think I got some. You, do you know the card Siren's Call? Oh yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Okay. So I've uh, that's one blue and all of target op- opponents creatures that can attack must also do so, and at the end of the turn destroy all any non-wall creatures that did not attack, and you need to play it during your opponent's turn before opponent attack. I remember like getting some of those and trying to build. Uh, something around it in old school like 93 94 so, uh, but <laughs> if i can't do that and i haven't done that and i have the card and i haven't used it <laughs> i don't see why i would be pre bothered
1: yeah i feel but, like but no no mercy pred- 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 my much imp just the same is, thing. it's uh, is
0: on yeah. a stick
2: so that's mm. that's got going for it right i just,
0: i just think it's yeah. it's such an interesting effect um that I'm just like, how can you make this work? Like, you know, obviously like you said like Ensnaring Bridge is like you know, the go-to because, you know, maybe you run Ancient Tomb or something and, and Dark Ritual. And so you could power out this imp like pretty fast or the bridge pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'll see you in the, in the top 16 with it someday. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, if it's anyone, it's you, Phil. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Cool. I kind of like I kind of like this exercise. Yeah. Let's see if we will continue doing this with other guests.
2: So I'll uh, end the segment with the outro here. Yeah, for sure. So uh, to like step back a bit, we talked a bit about. Uh, how and where you can find the information about premodern and where it's at and what people are doing uh in general uh like content wise uh but you actually did a really nice uh, was it your latest uh, mm-hmm. newsletter yeah. uh, where, where you talked about like the state of premodern in yeah. 2023 uh, and you had a interview with uh uh, five different key players of uh pre-modern some of them or most of them are content creators. Yeah. so
1: 11 11 sim
0: yeah the page okay. is, the page is cut off but um you know in general like i would say that most people agreed that the the meta is still in a good place i think that pre-modern has you know it has established tiers of good decks um which we can we can talk about but for the most part, I would say that there's still room to brew and still room to play like spicy decks. Um, you know, like we said earlier, like I, I used to play a lot of Legacy and I still keep up with it. But I used to love to brew in Legacy. And the problem is, is that, um, the, the delta between like your brew and let's say like Delver became like wider and wider each year. Like, um, you know, it used to be that you can kind of jam like Chalice of the Void to any deck. And you know you could mm-hmm. kind of be competitive, but these days mm-hmm. there's just so many answers, um, like wide-ranging answers and such powerful threats that like your brew really doesn't have much of a chance in in most um, scenarios. Like there definitely are some. Am
2: am I reading into this correctly? Like f- when you're brewing, if you have like some cards that can address the <laughs> quote, worst uh, or the best, the tier one deck. Uh, it's fine to brew, but when the answers, or what, what do you mean, or there's better cards in each, what do you mean, what are you saying?
0: Yeah, I'm just saying like, that, like, you know, I, I think that you used to be able to bring a brew, and you'd have, like, a decent shot of beating the best decks. Um, but I, if you have the right answers, yeah.
2: or is it, beca- is it because of the cards being too... Powerful nowadays or yeah, other, I think in other decks. I think
0: it's that, is that like the, the threats of Delver or the good decks are just more powerful. Like cards are just stronger these days. And yeah. so there's there's less opportunity for inefficient or newer decks, I think, to, to compete. Whereas I think in pre-modern mm-hmm. there still is um, a lot of opportunity to do so. And I think it's because the card pool is fixed. And so, you know, right now... Um, Right now, Knot and Parfait are doing really well. But, you know, the card pool in pre-modern is wide enough that people can adjust their sideboards and start addressing some of those matchups. It's like similar to, like, you know, last year or the year before. um, Elves was like a huge uh, boogeyman of the format, and so people started to adjust their sideboards by putting in, you know, Plague Spitter or more engineered Plagues or whatever. Um, So the cards exist, and so I, I think that's, like, Probably one of the things that we're going to see
1: going going forward. Yeah. I th- I think like when we talk about brewing, we still mean in the in the way that like you still want to have a chance to compete, basically. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so so <clears throat> I mean, if if you're trying out a brew and you go three three, I think you should be pretty happy with that in the tournament. But like going zero six and your deck clearly doesn't win, that's not a good brew. That's not a fun brew. That that's a deck you're <laughs> You're not gonna continue developing. Yeah, I
2: think I think that goes. This goes back to what you said, Phil. Like, there's some safe space <laughs> where yeah. you can play Bruce, mm. uh, but there's like obviously an idea of uh, you hopefully evolving that brew into something like competitive
1: at the end. I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, the dream, right? Like yeah. You want to break the format by your own way or your own mm. rules not like when Anton invited me <laughs>
2: to play a tournament <laughs> like the day before it was set I guess it was like yeah come join we should play and I just like to mention it like there's really much brewing going on here so you no. oh you're, you're assaulting the be. story
1: <laughs> every time no we and did a, we did there's like, like
2: there, there's <laughs> like people will bring whatever man and I was like okay so i need to brew something <laughs> and then i went
1: i think i won one to match during <laughs> the tournament Yeah, but it was three rounds yeah there was a, a lot of like good competitive guys in that uh, space but uh, what i said was you can play anything there's no shaming in bringing a tier 1 deck and there's no shaming in trying out a brew it's a good space to try out some, something yeah but um, pretty much a lot of guys brought pretty strong decks
2: I think it was because most of the players in that tournament we don't need to <laughs> delve deep into this but <laughs> because of uh, I think there were uh, was it before before the was it in the uh, before Euro or something role or some, yeah. before a big tournament or some kind
1: oh no it was after Christmas so this was just like kind okay. of a year but well, I yeah.
2: do remember some of them was like I need to try this out before oh. Xxx mm. I don't
1: know yeah before January monthly basically
2: yeah, maybe it was
1: that. It's like, I met The Rock.
2: <laughs> I didn't beat one single brew. <laughs> Actually, it was like, whatever. <laughs> so, sorry, that's my... <laughs> that, was, that was a good,
0: good tournament report. I always love that. <laughs> yeah. Tournament reports where, where people won a single match, so you learn, yeah. to learn something.
2: Uh, I played Dream Halls and uh, was it reanimator ish I don't know. You you tried to cheer me up, Anton, afterwards. Yeah, you ha-
1: you won the, um, the Spice Award. That's <laughs>
2: really <Okay>, good. <laughs> so, uh, what, what what we're actually talking about is uh, how can you address like this uh, today-ish meta uh, and still be able to brew? Uh, and, and maybe th- can I ask you first, anton? Are there enough of slots in your cyborg to take care of the dreadnoughts no, no, and but the uh, elves, that's the that's or? the thing
1: like the tier one in in my opinion at least the tier ones of this format are so like varied in what type of archetype they are and what type of gameplay they do, so like you can't you can't. Cover each angle and that's a good thing because that means there's there's a chance that we can evolve the meta so whenever there's decks that like are very prevalent and popular people start bringing hate and that will shift the meta eventually mm. because we, we only have 15 cyber cards. so I think I think it's perfect the way it is basically yeah uh, and I think 2022 was a fantastic year for pre-modern in the the brewing and finding like competitive decks it really changed up 2022
2: do you agree phil or it, yeah. because there's probably you need a couple of tournament scripts right <laughs> but you, how how do you address uh brewing space like thinking of the tier one decks i'm guessing we're going into the tier one decks also uh, of 2023 but generally uh like if you're brewing can i <laughs> can i be Tier one point five, if I have enough good cyber cards. What do you say, Phil?
0: Yeah, I think I think Anton's right that there's like a, a decent amount of like rotation in the format as the as the format adjusts. But I think like the, the nuance of brewing these days is that you have to kind of brew around a strong card or strategy if you want to do really well. Like if you want to if your goal is like three three, play something really spicy, which is often my goal. Um, you can do whatever you want, right? You can play this yeah. this Maddening Imp deck that we've been yeah, talking for about. For sure, for sure. So, like, if you want to build, like, a, a very solid Tier 2, Tier 1.5 deck, you got to focus on, like, a lot of the cards that are inherently broken. Um, and I think Gabe and, and Rich Shea and other people have talked about this, but it's like, you know, you build around Oath, or you build around Gush or something, or Tinker, or something like that. Like, just very strong a, cards. A
2: powerful card. Yeah.
0: And mm-hmm. and I do think that there is still room to, to tune certain decks um, to take advantage of these. Um, and I think that's how if if you want to like brew to succeed and like make a, a whole new deck that everyone's playing, I think that's what you have to do these days.
1: Mm. Yeah, but yeah. like generally, I I'd say like this: like feel the meta, what's going on, what what is like popular right now. All right. The dominant things are basically uh, Mm -hmm. enchantment-based. So we have Oath strategies, we have Mox Diamond, we have Land decks, we have for and Dreadnought, we have Survival. So, like, if you want to play a reactive control deck, you should probably main deck for Seal of Cleansings or disenchant effects at least, whatever. Uh, If if you know it's a very aggressive meta, like a lot of Goblins or Elves, yeah, you should probably play Mass Removal if you're into that type of deck. Or you go under it, you play a faster combo deck. So, like... It's just about reading the meta, I guess. Uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. the tools are there. But yeah, for sure. Just read the meta, guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so read the meta. But, <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> no, but it's it's also as complex as yeah, that, which exactly. makes this format very interesting. Yeah, uh, I
3: agree. That makes it sound so easy. A pretty picture with the quote. I get confused with what I really want.
2: Uh, I think you uh, interviewed a couple of people there. We mentioned 11 people. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, I remember uh, at least one of them mentioning, and we talked about it before, Anton, that you should main... Yeah, I don't I think, that was think it was naturalized right. at yeah. that point, yeah. but uh, yeah. disenchant effect. Yeah. Uh, you should main a dis- disenchant effect. Let's start there. Uh, where do we go about in uh, how the format is getting spikier and what do we need to address in the tier one decks pile, would you say, Phil?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's right that like disenchant naturalized effects are probably main deck worthy. Um, it's really only like goblins that Life is pretty bad or maybe sometimes the rock um, where like he's like main deck disenchant effects will will probably punish you but in general they're just exceptionally useful Um, so I think that I would definitely agree that their their stock has never been higher really Mm -hmm. yeah
2: do you have any other of those types of cards
1: Anton yeah source to plowshares uh, definitely, like the format staple that mm-hmm. makes everything interesting. Like you, yeah. you cannot build a deck uh, based on creatures and not account for source of power Yeah, um, and,
2: and the rest is still yeah, as good are, as always.
1: I, 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 I think Cabal Therapy is a way, way, way better card than us. Uh, okay elaborate please (laughs) no but once you once you i mean premodern is the format i play most so i know premodern pretty well and once you know premodern pretty well you see a basic land and you can basically tell what your opponent is probably on or what you fear so like Mm. the, the chance of you hitting combined with like you only really need to hit what you will lose to and then you have a backup flashback cost from it and you can take multiples i mean the card is insane uh, mm. I'd argue it's the best card in premodern once you're mm. invested enough, probably yeah okay survival or source plotters are uh, perhaps more format defining but like cabal therapy is so much better than the rest
2: and uh Phil, are we maining like engineer plague or are yeah. we are we missing out or uh o- some...
0: only if you're you're William Hurst on psychgatox do you play for engineer <laughs> <laughs> plague mode. yeah right um yeah. i mean it's I respect it. I mean it's it's such a cool concept. Um I was like what mm-hmm. if what if you played like a, a black green like sideboard first deck that just played like four naturalized, four engineered plagues, like four plague spitters. Just like as much hate as possible and just like yeah. luck into you know, the playoffs mm-hmm. or something. But anyway. This
2: this sounds so, like the big black deck we talked about earlier. Yeah, earlier. maybe <laughs> maybe we found the answer. <laughs> But are we missing out on uh, like some card that could
0: go main,
2: I guess, like in this state, would you say?
0: Uh, I mean, like uh, I've, I've been playing like, you know, this is not like super innovative, but, um, you know, Phyrex and Furnace, I play main quite a bit on like different yeah, decks. Yeah,
2: that's a good, um, good
0: ad. You know, because it's like traditionally is like Graveyard Hate has always been in the sideboard, right? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that Burness is respectful in the main because obviously it kind of, like, pseudo-cycles itself. And just, like, Indeed. Survival is such a, such a back-breaking card. It lands um, and, and yeah. works for several turns. And, you know, similarly with <laughs> Angry It's Hermit, cool
2: to have a, like, main... That, that's why, why I'm asking, because it's so nice to have a uh, main deck card. That actually you're as you mentioned being able to cycle but also gives you a slight slight chance of yeah. winning uh, even though like you usually need to win game two and three against some certain decks so yeah. it's cool to have yeah furnace is a good ad I'd say especially since uh, Anton we, we covered some Mostly Graveyard Recurrency combo <laughs> yeah. decks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. I'll, actually, I, there's another one that I think um, was, some, was often played in the main but often played in the sideboard as well is, is Meddling Mage. And I think yeah. people are coming, mm. coming to the idea that it's, it's good enough and probably one of the best creatures in pre-modern that it actually makes a lot of sense yeah. to play main. Um, yep. And so that's, that's another one that I think people are making mm. the shift to.
2: Yeah, Anton, what do you think about like the solution? Is that the meddling mage deck, or
1: what would you say? Yeah, for sure, for sure. But uh, yeah, uh, I think that deck's mana still is horrible. So, uh, <laughs> but I mean, meddling mage is obviously one of the greater cards. Uh, it goes under the same category as Cabal Therapy, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so the and both uh,
2: of those are kind of you need to understand the format yeah. to
0: actually pay it. So. Yeah, but we, we guess need what to like... read
2: up on uh, the
0: banding <laughs> newsletter. Exactly. You, <laughs> yeah, you, you'll, you'll never miss. You'll never miss a therapy again if you uh, if you keep up to date on the newsletter. You'll hit. Yeah. it every single time.
2: Anton, but... what, what are your blind, Cabal therapies?
1: Depends on the deck, but like if I see planes, yeah, source of pleasure. If, if you're
2: playing the rock,
1: yeah. Uh, Before if see a... you
2: see anything. <laughs> Oh no, I, to, I don't. I don't yeah, if I have no idea, then don't I don't. Pain, no, no. Though. Then
1: the correct play is do not blind okay. Cabal Therapy because you're okay. a mid range deck. So the correct okay. play is to just hold it until you know more. Yeah. But um, yeah. Ooh. But I was gonna say about with all this like, there's so many other angles to attack. the meta, like, Mono Blue Stifle not. What did it do? It cut off all the graveyard hate. It doesn't care because it has so much fucking permission in the deck. So like, you can just counter everything and land a. a threat that will end the game in two turns like that's a sufficient plan so there, there's other ways and like Goblins does this pretty well as well it just goes over extending and control the board completely once it does its, its thing so like yeah I you you don't have to be like linear in playing pre modern like oh I need to have four so- source to this and I need to have four naturalized for this. Like you can mm-hmm. do your thing and do it pretty it damn well and you, you will come a long way.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you have any cool silver bullets in your seventy five field? Otherwise.
0: Well, I, I play pretty much a new deck all the time, so it's, it kinda yeah. kinda varies. But um You know, these days I've been working on like a mono green control deck um, just for fun. Yeah. (laughs) And um, is it is it
2: control or? (laughs) It's a yeah, like big big green, big red, big black. I'm I'm kind of getting the feel of what you're going at.
0: Yeah. Um, So for this one, I think that I'm pretty high on Crumble right now. Like a lot of people have been talking about Crumble Um, Mm. because you know, just like if you think about Parfait and Siffler as being some of the top decks right now. Like even a crumble on Mox Diamond is like pretty huge. Um, obviously, we get the Pro yeah. yeah. That's great too. But I think that's yeah. like a, a card that I'm pretty focused on right now. Um, and like Powder Keg also, I think is very good right now. Yeah, um, that's really interesting
2: because like when I started building uh, Primordial decks way back, I all it's an auto include for me. But then I hedged from it, but it's back on the table, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it's yeah, you have enough targets for it now, right? Yeah,
0: and I think uh, this is what uh, you know, Rafael was saying is that like it's like Our saga has never been higher so, like you know, if I'm playing blue, I'm playing a lot of annuls as well. Like it's yeah. just yeah, yeah. such an efficient card. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. it has text against pretty much almost every deck, again except for goblin. Because Goblins is just like the trickiest uh, trickiest deck. Um, but yeah, those are probably like some of the cards that I'm, I'm pretty focused on right now. Um, I know that other people have been talking about like Orms Chance and Abeyance as also being like pretty interesting cards to look at. Um, but, yeah, there's there's just a lot of things in the pre modern card pool to address the top deck. Yeah. Also, which is kind of That's cool what
2: card. I'm going at. Yeah. It's like there's so many. Things that just shut down uh, a lot of decks. So um, what, what I'm what we're talking about is the general idea of what we need to address, and that's the tier one decks <laughs> that people consider being tier one decks, pre modern. And maybe Anton, uh, because Phil asked uh, all these good people. Yeah. Uh, what their thoughts on tier 1 decks is uh, maybe you can uh, start out with giving your thoughts about that and that's what we're addressing, really. When yeah, we're yeah, yeah, for Trying sure. to find a sideboard solution, I
1: guess. Yeah, but I think everyone was in consensus that, like, Elves, Stifle Not, and uh, Parfait are uh, tier one decks. And then it's just a matter of definition what includes in a tier one deck. Is it just the top decks, or is it just, is it does it also include, like, the most popular decks? Uh, so, by that definition, I definitely think, like, Goblin Sly and Blue White control uh, also adds to that. And Angry Hermit for sure is a very, very strong deck in my mind. So So
2: you were answered to, because Phil, you asked uh, Anton among others, uh, what their consideration for tier tier one decks would be in Primodern. Uh, And Anton, uh, Anton, you answered Elves, Parfait, Ciphernaught, Angry Hermit, Sly, Sly is always right. Table yeah. right. Fun police. Uh, goblins and blue white control. Yeah. Uh and overall, Phil, what 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 was the other answers and do you agree or not?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's pretty consistent. Um a lot of people also included goblins. Um, you yeah. know one person included rock and one person included slide. Um oh, who who can that be? I know, it's it's uh, <laughs> Of it, it wasn't me, <laughs> but you know. But if you ask me, I say rock. <laughs> yeah. No.
3: You
0: know, it's it's interesting. Like when when I got into the format um, in the late 2018, like it was pretty well established that like landstill, rock, Goblins, fly were kind of like the four decks that everyone. Oh, and I guess else yeah. a couple maybe like a year later or so were like the top decks, and now you definitely see some some changes. Um, you, know, you kind of mentioned that Sly is always a contender, and I think that's true. But at the same point, like, a lot of the decks that are good right now, Sly has kind of an issue with. Like, Parfait mm-hmm. is, is a very difficult matchup. Siphon Knot is traditionally a very difficult matchup. I think Elves can be difficult. It's, it's kind of dependent on play draw and, like, Lava Darts and <laughs> yeah. other questions. But, um, so it's, it's kind of interesting. Like, there's definitely been some changes in the last, um, year or so. And, you know, I'll, I'll wrap up by saying that. You know, Blue-Eye Control and Rock are not particularly popular in terms of, like, strength, I guess, right now. But, you know, those decks require a lot of fine-tuning. And, you know, yeah. as, as the meta progresses, I think that they will kind of readjust um, their sideboards. Like, maybe they'll reduce the number of Chills or Hydro Blasts in Blue-Eye Control and do something else to address, you know, the top decks right now. Um, I I think they're both
1: fantastic decks, I really do, it's just about meta-tuning, and if if you're going to a tournament with 50 players, you definitely have to account for both Rock and uh, Blue-White-Land still, or Control. Mm. And and
2: we're seeing that going up and down in stock, but uh, what's interesting about uh, what most of the people brought to the table for their Tier 1 decks is... Most of them are rather aggressive, right? We have elves, but you can go both ways with elves, Anton, right? <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's
1: that's the strength. Like you can combo yeah, win okay. on turn three, or you can grind them out and win on turn. But 20.
2: Parfait is clearly a control deck,
3: and yeah. most
2: of the, most of the players uh, answering your question Phil uh, mentioning Parfait as a strong contender for a tier one deck. But then we have Stifled uh we have some combo decks, we have Sly, clearly, Goblins. Uh, f- to me, I feel like it's a... Uh, you, Phil, you're playing uh, Legacy, uh, it's a turn... Is it a turn 3-4 format, or <laughs> what would you say?
0: Yeah, I guess. because that's basically what it comes down to, right? Yeah, I mean, legacy these days, like you have to be doing something like amazing by turn two or turn three. Like, like three CMC is is basically like the cutoff of what most things are playable in legacy. And you know, I think pre-modern is not too far off. Like, you know, we mm. we are probably like turn three, turn four, and obviously there's no. Then reactive, obviously, mm. parfait is like kind of an interesting um counter to that, in that they're kind of reactive, but still in like a prison element, sort of. So it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like kind of a an interesting. Maybe tradition. it's a
2: combo element of the prison yeah. thingy at that
0: point. But that,
1: that's the same thing. Like, but I've, I've, I've I answered this in the in the form as well by Phil. But like, I think replenish and enchantress are two super yeah. underplayed decks and they are fantastic and they, they have the same ability like they can win fast or they can grind the hell out yeah. of you uh, so it's like this I don't know combo controlish spectrum and I think they're mm. super well positioned in current meta so yeah but mm. that, that's the thing like you can go reactive or you can also choose to be very proactive and like having that I don't know ability to adapt is
3: pretty
2: good mm.
1: yeah
0: I would definitely agree
2: and like what what it's very interesting also that now we adapted a stifle note deck that's basically the monoblue one or we have some iterations of it but uh we're representing most of the color spectrum also right so yeah you can play
1: <laughs> you black can play black control. is is definitely uh, the worst 100%. color right now
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah, which is which is amazing because like for a while like duress was considered or cabal therapy, whichever, and Dark Ritual were, were considered some of the best cards and, and they're still very good. But it can be very mm-hmm. difficult, um, especially when like, you know, Parfait and Stifle Knot um have so much selection and, you know, card mm-hmm. advantage in a way that like um a first turn duress is not always super exciting. Um because, like, Lantax will recoup so many cards. Um, Like, like a single Gush brings, like, four cards to hand. So, it's Mm. it's kind of in a different place. But, yeah, uh, I mean, in general, like, there's definitely a lot of uh, a a wide selection of of decks you could play. Mm. Uh,
2: And regards to that, like, we talked about being spiky, we talked about being brewish or whatever, and hopefully people are getting a general idea of uh, where the format is at. Uh, but w- you went into that a bit, Anton, the underplayed decks or cards or whatever. Uh, yeah. What would you say, like looking at the general meta that we try to establish here? Would you say, is it the
1: Chantres and
2: Slide yeah. I, I mean, it it, it depends on
1: on what like your ambition is with the format. Like, if if you're if you simply want to win and play the most competitive spike meta you can, I still think like Parfait, Angry Hermit, and Elves are pretty underplayed for how fucking strong they are. But like, if you want just meta diversity or some cool interactive decks, like yeah, for sure, Enchantress and Replenish are amazing. But still, like. I don't know I think I probably think like dead guy ale could be a thing I hope it can but like (laughs) uh, you you just need to rethink the mana as always and like there's so many options in the tier two spectrum that you Mm. yeah I so I I, I'm not like threatened by the existence of this tier I think there's so many possible choices to to bring but like yeah you need to Consider the meta changes from 2022. When you you mm. can't just look at the, an old dead guy ale list from 2020, early 2022 and think yeah that's that's working, because it doesn't look like that anymore. So
2: yeah. Yeah, I've been brewing a bunch of dead guy ale earlier, but do you think the like general we we. Is it because of like the restraints of the mana? You, we mentioned the solution not being like maybe too one clearly because of the mana situation or that guy has a, some kind uh, of <coughs> mana base, but...
1: Yeah, but it's like sometimes you you want to do too much. Like you wanna have Wastelands and you're not playing enough Sido Brass instead or whatever. So like I don't know. Or or you think you both want four source blouchers and four duress and four dark rituals. Like you, you so badly want their both mana on turn one, like you kind of have to reconsider if you have a main colour and then a splash. I I think it's hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that Gael is a bad example, but like what I mean is that there are some very established decks that you you can work. I think the rock. I I, I did a lot of like tuning and playtesting with the rock last year, and I, I I did do well with the deck. And I think it's like it's super strong. You just need to find yeah. your playstyle and like read the meta <laughs> uh, basically. And you you have a shot with like. I'm so,
2: clearly like, agreeing with you, Anton. Yeah, it's my favorite <laughs> deck at this point.
1: <laughs> Uh, uh but, but,
2: but but my my version of the uh, the rock is far from your version so that's also interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, but th- that's the thing like you you still can add your personal touch to every deck. But yeah, yeah. the consensus is that yeah, if you're going to play madness, survival Out of fitness is probably going to make your deck better than if you're not playing it and um, yeah, yeah. If you're going to play some sort of green control, yeah, off of Druid's is probably a good card. Mm. Um, if you're gonna play a lot of islands, yeah, you should probably play gush and foil. Like we're starting to see those trends that people have figured it out. Like there are some mm. cars that are like in a vacuum stronger than others, but like it doesn't. I don't. I don't think it's like a negative thing. There's always <laughs> going to be some better cars than others. Yeah. What and would they, you say
2: about uh, like underplayed? Uh... Or, or even cards in uh, promoting film? Yeah,
0: I think we, we covered a lot of them. I think that one category that I agree with that a lot of the survey respondees said was just like mass and board wipes, um, And that includes cards like pernicious deed or cataclysm. Or, or maybe, yeah. maybe upheaval. Maybe upheaval will make a yeah. comeback. Yeah, but you obliterate know. And upheaval. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, I'm really agreeing on uh, cataclysm. It's, uh, I think that's another play card. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you just, I mean, obviously not very good against stifle or angry hermit, or really sly. Yeah. So, like against. Like, but
1: you're gonna play swords. either yeah. way So yeah, that's yeah sorry. True.
0: Go ahead. You're
2: playing white, so you have yeah. enough. Yeah.
0: So like elves and parfait, you know, goblins can can do this too. They just have a lot of permanence out on board mm-hmm. and just clearing mm-hmm. it all is, is a very satisfying feeling for sure um if you yeah. somehow get a cataclysm through on on rock or or blue white controlled or slide um you know that's you know a pretty good feeling as well
2: what 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 cataclysm decks are we thinking about then
0: <laughs> That's where does it that fit is in? the hard part you know i've yeah um you know i I have experimented with it in kind of a blue white stifle knot list, um, because I think that with Gush but, um cataclysm is is pretty good. Um, you know, I think some people have played it in like kind of a white weenie shell. Um, I think sometimes people might see it in like a Groatog um shell, but I think they have been using Armageddon. Yeah. Um I think I've
2: seen it in Groatog yeah. also,
0: yeah.
1: But Terra Gadon has been a uh,
0: pretty yeah. huge place for it as well. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah exactly. No. In the Gedon sphere. Mm,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's you know that's the challenge of just trying to find like we know that these cards are good and we know yeah. that um, mm. you know they're underplayed can attack the meta really well and so I think that's the question yeah. for 2023 is like who will find the best spot for these clearly good cards. Mm.
2: Yeah. And it's probably good in like amongst diamond space also mm-hmm. clearly and like maybe some meddling mage situation but
1: yeah you're, you're basically reciting Neosalken Dolphin's uh, five color Terragheta now but yeah
2: probably, probably <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't know I don't know it's uh some that's the beauty of the uh, premodern there's some very yeah. very powerful cards in the pool that we don't really see play, and when you meet those, maybe not tier one decks, but they're playing these powerful cards. you know, It's like, well, I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> I was suspecting goblins and elves, and I have my four Engineered plague here, yeah. but now I'm now I'm seeing a cataclysm or whatever. Maybe maybe you mentioned cataclysm because all of your big black, big red decks. <laughs> 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 that's your biggest fear.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, my well, I play a lot of like janky uh, combo decks, so my biggest fear is actually Dead Guy Ale. So I'm, I'm very disappointed mm. that Anton brought it up because no. um, <laughs> you know I, I play a lot of False Cure, and I think I've never won a single game against Dead Guy Ale, and I play yeah, it. Yeah, but it's just mm, brutal. Yeah,
1: yeah. But that's that's what the deck has going for it. Like it destroys combo decks. Uh, it really does, but yeah, mm. I'm. Um, I wanna, I wanna reclaim, burning, reclaim. I'm, I'm not sure if it's reclaiming, but I wanna, I wanna find burning wish, mm. the the, the potential it has in this format, and I've been staring blind that it should be a replenish based deck or upheaval based lands deck with burning wish, but um, there's there's probably so many other things to do. But burning wish is the breakout card for twenty twenty three. That's my hope.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I I played a burning wish deck at the end of last year. It was like a a Hop deck. Um, that was that was pretty fun. Nice. Um, I I have been like thinking about the draco blast combo decks recently,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I kind of feel like um, like a red green draco blast deck. Um, could be pretty interesting yep. with like an erratic explosion yep. on the side. Um, so something else to, to consider,
1: yeah. There's still brewing potential, obviously. So,
2: I think we're skipping ahead a bit, and uh, we're like, we talked a bit about what. We usually see if you're entering a big tournament uh, and uh, what your brewing space is and uh, what you might need to address. But going forward, what would you like bring to the table with regards to like, we have Elves, parfait, Siphonauts, uh, those are the big three maybe. Uh, sly clearly if you're in a large enough tournament so how would you say in regards to this probably people are seeing that <laughs> these are some strong decks in premodern uh, pre-modern right now uh, like how would that change pre-modern going forward to uh, in 2023 what would you say phil
0: like, do I think that uh, that that meta will change, or that that tier ranking will change, or? Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Do do uh, is it like is it stable enough, like yeah. to?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think like good decks will generally always be good. Um, like it's kind of like a fixed yeah. card pool, and so like you know, even though like we said, Sly is maybe on the downturn a little bit, it's still like a very good deck, right? And like yeah. you would not be embarrassed to bring it to a, a competitive event. But, you know, I think, like we kind of mentioned, I think there'll be some adjustments as people, like, adjust their sideboards, like, different decks will, will, um, you know, perform better because of that. And kind of what Anton said, Mm -hmm. like, I think that certain other, you know, quote unquote tier two decks will start adjusting as well. And so there'll be, like, some pressure on some of the top decks, um, in that regard. And so, I think it will not look the same at the end of the year. I guess yeah. we'll. I guess yeah, we'll see, sure. but um, maybe maybe Martin Berlin will will fulfill my wish of allowing <laughs> a orcish Spy to enter the format, and we'll have a whole new tier <laughs> one. Um, but yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, uh, but,
1: but the thing the thing we should mention is also like the community is pretty self correcting as well. Like, yeah. People and especially with a boring Aztec as Stepan, not like. Nobody will play stifle not for one year mm. like they will bore themselves to death the same with sly You cannot play sly for a whole year. Like mm. it's not fun. So uh, People tend to move to other decks then and that's nice
0: Yeah, I mean that's so, that's, that's the joy of magic does like everyone has kind of their own preference like You'll see t- tons of people being like who could ever play Stasis?" like that is not yeah. magic and then you'll have <laughs> other people who are like Stasis is the yeah. best Things to ever come to magic, and that's why <laughs> yeah, I play yeah, the game. Yeah. So, like, you know, like, you know.
2: Yeah, in the Eurochamps, I met two Stasis decks.
0: <laughs> so
2: yeah. it's like, yeah. Oh, I, stasis I was nice. like, is this the new meta <laughs> people playing Stasis? I, th- I sat, sat next to a Stasis mirror also. so.
0: <laughs> I mean, that must it's be, like, that must be yeah. kind of interesting. You guys deserve this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, in, in general, like, I, I definitely expect like the format to continue to change. Like, you know, we mentioned that there's new players entering, and they'll, they'll bring some new fresh ideas as well. I think certain decks will be retuned. Like, you know, Mono Blue Dreadnought has been around for a long time in various iterations, and it's just recently that people have started to narrow in on, like, what, you know, people consider the best uh, form of it currently, but um, mm-hmm. at least the best Mono Blue version currently. I think there's still some debate on whether it's the, the best Stifle Knot version. But in general, like, I expect more people to start refining things. Like Anton said, like, there's a lot of discussion on The Rock, as well as the ale, um, because these are decks that have a lot of customization um, potential. And so that's, I think, what keeps kind of, like, the deck and the format interesting is that there's enough cards in it to, to really um, change up the meta um, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the um, thing is, like, w- w- once elves start to play naturalizes and crumbles for Dreadnought, and goblins start to play like eight artifact hate cards, yeah, then mono blue won't be the best. Then you have to go back to blue black because you need engineered plagues and whatever. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, it will evolve. Yeah, yeah I think that's
2: for... happened with the goblins a while, right? You went from red to red
1: black yeah. to red
2: green yeah. and whatever. So, um, and Any other thoughts on this coming year for the format as a whole?
1: Would you go first, Anton? Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure what we haven't covered, but like, yeah, IRL presence for sure. Um, IRL tournaments are growing uh, a lot, and uh, I think like we're getting accustomed to this post-pandemic world, and people like to play IRL and face-to-face, so... Obviously webcam is going to be a huge part of the community again but I think like yeah uh IRL tournaments will for sure affect how we look at like the broad data of pre-modern and it might also affect your type of choice of a deck like faster decks are usually more prevalent in IRL tournaments yeah
2: and, yeah we we covered that uh yeah. like sometime mm. way back where if you're in a large enough tournament, if yeah. you have enough rounds, you usually play faster decks. You, you will meet
1: a lot of those decks, I guess. Yeah. But with, uh, with IRL presence, it also means like you start to realize, fuck, it's nice to play uh, face-to-face. So let's yeah. let's start do a small gathering, like only five people at a Saturday <laughs> night and drinking some beer and having fun. Mm. Like, those things are just so crucial. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to say like that's... Yeah. I, I will say that's at least as an important part of that community. It was it very
2: yeah. fun, Anton, to have that brewing nice tournament. Yeah, right? That kind of reminds me um,
0: you know, there's like that scene in that movie Mean Girls when they like say that it's a costume party but it's not actually a costume party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You bring bring yeah, your favorite brew no. and then you just face like fly <laughs> cycle not. That's <laughs> exactly what happened. Yeah. Like everyone's
2: dressing up. Yeah. You should just like uh, we're we we having we're having a lobster theme. Here, right? Exactly. <laughs> bring bring your. Favorite, I'm the only uh, one in a yeah. costume there <laughs> with a big lobster yeah. claws. Exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> Phil, finally, before we uh, go off, uh, like, in general, uh, your feels for Premodern uh, 2023?
0: Yeah, I mean, like Anton said, you know, like in-person events, I also think that the MTGO events are, are gaining steam as well. That's like mm. a subject that I want to cover on my newsletter, just like how it's structured, how you can enter it, because you know, there's a lot of great players that, that plan those events, and I think um, they regularly get, like, over 40 players. So it's, it's, like, approaching, like, a monthly. You know, like, a lot of people give a lot of attention to the, the webcam monthlies, which I think kind of hover between, like, 60 to 120 people or so. But, like, yeah. MTGO is already 40 people. Like, that's that's a sizable event. Um, and I think mm. it'll continue to grow. And mm. in general, like, I think that pre-modern, like I said, will we'll kind of be in this third wave where there'll be more public figures or content creators delving into the mm. format. And I think you'll also find like different communities around the world who are setting up their own pre modern events. Like I, I see on Facebook or Twitter all the time of just like, hey we just did our first pre modern event and like five people showed up and then like ten people showed up. Like I, I think that'll continue to, to happen across the world. Yeah. And so that'll be pretty cool to see.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's
2: gonna be really interesting to see what's uh, 2023 has in store for us uh, have we while we have Phil here Anton, have yeah. we missed out on anything?
1: Probably a lot uh, <laughs> yes. there's yes. I, I, it feels like whenever Phil whenever you talk to Phil you want to talk Bruce, and whenever you're with Seb you kind of also want to talk like about Shady Theater 3 Bruce. so like, <laughs> there's yeah. something there we're missing I guess but one I mean, of the ideas uh,
0: when you when when you all raise enough money to pay for my appearance fee, we can do another just Spice Fest like tier yeah, four yeah. Uh, deck yeah. episode because I like I said I have yeah. a lot of really bad ideas in my Google Sheet and I would be willing to oh. share some of them publicly so we can oh, we yeah, can discuss. So nice.
1: I have one last remark regarding to MTGO tournaments. I saw Francesco Polacek play Aluren mm. and the yeah love a deck. But like, for reals, if you're playing MTGO and Premodern, like a casual format, if they have the full combo, they just have to click like 5 minutes to execute a win, please scoop because that's a fucking douche move it's a douche move to win on time when you are dead because you're uh, okay. abusing the fact that you're playing someone
2: did win on time yeah also. yeah
1: and like for okay, reals yeah. that, that's just like but there's it's their
2: own tournament right you can set a timer no can I think set? I have okay. no
1: idea but like there yeah. are 25 minute times and obviously that's mm. a good thing but like out of C- Curtis and just like community yeah, yeah preservation yeah. I like agree. please scoop and yeah, some decks won't be able to be able to play there, like Feb or whatever. But like Aluren, yeah. sh- someone should be able to try that out. And yeah. If well, they what's have that
2: win, deck that got? Is it Four Horsemen yeah. or whatever? Yeah. Maybe if you're playing Four Horsemen, you need to. <laughs> you, you, you know, I I, I, you need...
0: <laughs> I did play like the pre-modern version of Four Horsemen. I think it was like a spring fling, so it was like eight matches. And um, let me tell you, I would not recommend you play that against anyone unless it's like, <laughs> you know, like a, a friendly, you know, bar, you know, casual yeah. game because it's, it's non, non-deterministic. So literally I was just there kind exactly. of like mm. shuffling over and over and over. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. man, yeah. I regret this decision. But I did go four and four. So when
2: that, did it, was it with the fifth or the sixth shuffle in the first match? Was it, it was, like,
0: it was just like way too much.
1: <laughs> but but one deck that can be played on MTGO that cannot be played IRL is Battle of Wits. Oh. Yeah. Can someone cool. please make that I happen? Agree. And and yeah. people are picking up for IRL play and realizing like, yeah,
0: yeah it sucks. Yeah, I, I look. For, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I look Ben to Ben
2: Shaman has built a Battle of the Wits deck. here <laughs> In uh, I don't know if it was the LobsterCon, uh last year or whatever. It's nice to see.
1: Yeah. But like at MTGO, the shuffle won't matter, so that yeah. can yeah, be possible.
0: It, it actually. So I I do have like Battle of Wits. It's been kind of one of my pet projects, one of the many. But I had seen some footage of it online at MTGO, and it actually does like slow down the uh, the the program quite a bit because it's not used to like displaying <laughs> that okay. many cards. So if you do yeah. if you do play Battle of Wits, I highly recommend not using any tutors which is actually, like, counterintuitive, Mm. because every time it pops up in the library, it slows it down. So, But it it works, but it's just funny.
2: We will not get into this now, but as I mentioned earlier, I've been playing a lot of Arena, and there's this companion uh, cards that got into Magic. One of them is Jorian, Mm. where where you need to play 20 more cards Mm. in your deck, so you're playing 80-card decks. And I'm really intrigued how good those decks are, even though you're playing 20 more cards. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> this is just a sidebar, but we're everyone's playing 60 cards, and clearly there's a reason for this, but I'm wondering why those decks are so good in another format, clearly, but uh, you're playing 20 more cards, and those are usually control decks, I guess, so... Yeah. I don't know. Maybe should, maybe the 61 cards, 62
1: cards decks are...
2: Maybe people shouldn't frown upon that too much. Yeah.
1: That'll come back. That'll come back. Twenty twenty-three, we play 61 cards again.
3: Awesome. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: So uh, we're really happy that you could join us, Phil. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, Thank you for having me, guys. I love the podcast. It's, it's great to finally be on here. I just need to convince the the pre-modcast folks to let me on, and I'll have the trifecta,
2: and yeah. uh, I can retire
0: mm. from pre-modern.
2: So uh, Manos, like yeah, already I, I have been, been on on,
0: uh... on manas, but uh, he does not like to speak of it because I'm pretty sure I said um, his his trigger word. Um, was it? Main? No, you
1: did mainboard.
0: Yeah, I think I said mainboard, which which is oh. weird because I normally have like never said it. Like that's not something mm-hmm. that's like in my vocabulary, <laughs> but somehow, just for him, like yeah, you, not... you just
1: know you can't say mainboard,
0: without okay. yeah, that, it, that it's that awesome. it's okay. He he got me. He got me. <laughs> yeah, this is well, this is the part where we'll have to censor and cut out later on. But yeah. um, he did get me in the TSS two um, when I was on that Nixit Sunder deck. Um, so he got his revenge. So still good. Uh-huh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Lovely. Uh,
2: okay, that's all, folks. Uh, hopefully, you got something out of this. Uh, there's been a bunch of rambling, but that's what we do.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. We really do. <laughs> <laughs> but-
2: <laughs> so, uh, have a nice time out there whenever you listen to this. And uh,
1: goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see đêm đâu vo trong Họ tâm. Là cũng tạo nên những tuyệt phẩm. wake up mày em cho hello ta love với chờ anh on the so, right now, nhìn em thực là bé uh, làm anh án tiếp mình cùng nhau, let's go sức mạnh ta như là có được những chi lớn lên cao đó là level được cùng các anh đối với tao lên những cột một mới biết tao yeah. okay now 1 two, three. everybody listen to me. It's sick.